Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to this edition of the Real Estate Q&A. My name is John Papaloni. And my name is Todd Wally. We are going to go ahead with an exciting show today. We got uh, some uh, interesting questions, some questions that are justifiable considering what's going on with the market. So, you know, if you're watching and you decide you want to uh, have us answer your question, just type your question in the uh, comments and we will see it and be able to reply. So we're going to start off with question number one. Okay. So what's, uh, it says, what's the difference between condo maintenance fees and road fees? That's a very good question. Yep. Um, and yeah, there's a gonna, there's going to be lots of differences here. So uh, do you want to answer this? Or do you want me to answer? So uh, condo fees are basically the, uh, that means it belongs to a condominium and there is like the uh, common element fees to maintain the common elements, to maintain the, uh, um, the landscaping, the snow removal, the maintenance of the building and maintenance of the common elements in the building. Road fees are usually just, just to remove the snow and uh, it's basically not part of the municipality. So they, 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 um, they ask them probably to, to, to uh, have a company just to take care of that part. So it's only for like, basically clearing the road yeah yeah and like maybe some landscaping i'm not sure and yeah like right. there's landscaping not on the property yeah but it's uh basically the uh common elements of landscaping so you usually have a visitor parking you know that's covered there's road like the roads are covered and the electricity for the road is not covered is in the maintenance fee as well because what happens is on a regular regular road where you know where you know that's on a freehold the, uh, the road belongs to the city. So what ends up happening is in this case here, for the city to take ownership and provide the snow removal and stuff like that, the roads have to be a certain width. Now what ends up happening is sometimes builders to be able to fit more homes and to be able to get more in there, they make the road a little bit more narrow, which doesn't fit the city's requirement. And as a result of that, what ends up happening is that they um, they end up making it a private road because that's essentially what a road fee is. It's a private road, and you're paying for the fees of that road. So again, that's yep. electricity, main uh, snow removal. If there's grass on the common elements, the landscaping on that, the flowers around there. But that means on the road fees, you're uh, the home is generally a freehold, and if the home is a freehold. That basically means that you're going to be uh, paying your own home, you know, like your own roof is paid for out by you. Any repairs to the home is by you. Where a condo, all that stuff is covered. So that, that's one of the main differences to that. And uh, yeah, so that, that that's pretty much the difference between the road fee and maintenance fees. Okay, number two. In the beginning of 2022, the prices were in a bidding war and many had overpaid. The prices have dropped in the summer, and there's a chance they may drop again. What happens to the people at mortgage renewal time who put 20% down before the prices dropped? That is going to be a question that people are going to be, definitely be worried about. Yeah. Um, now, it doesn't necessarily mean that things are going to be doom and gloom. Because remember, mortgage renewal time is five years. So if five years of payments, chances are... The amount you paid off will keep you in the 20%. That's assuming you didn't borrow any more money after the fact. Yeah. 
So as long as you didn't borrow any more money, you don't have a second mortgage or anything like that, you'll probably remain in the same 20%, not 100%, you know, depending on your mortgage, but more than likely, we'll say for the majority of people. Yeah. So for the majority of people, they're just going to pretty much pay the extra fees. So, and now here, like prime example, when you pay a mortgage, just say at the 2.9%, when you pay, just say your mortgage is $1,000, when you're paying that $1,000 mortgage, when it was 2.9%, it's probably something like 550 is going towards principal, 450 is going towards uh, interest. Mm -hmm. Now, when that when the like when the interest rate doubles, it ends up being the opposite, where 550 goes to the interest and 450 goes to the principal. Now, don't quote me on those numbers. It's not exact numbers, and I'm not going to calculate it for this purpose. I'm just giving you an example. So other than the fact that you're paying more interest than principal, that's pretty much the minor change with the addition. Again, I wouldn't be too worried about it because if you bought a home in the last five years, you were under the stress test. They've already discovered that you can afford the increase because you got approved based on the five and a half percent. Yeah. So other than that, you know, expect to pay maybe a couple of hundred dollars more on renewal. Roughly. Don't quote me on that, but roughly. So question number three. Bought a home and got two sets of keys. Is there a possibility that original homeowners still have keys? Should I be worried about it and change the locks or or does it matter? Well, it's always a good idea to change the locks. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, we recommend that because you never know who has keys, who has copies. It could be the previous owner, the one before them. It's 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 a good it's a good uh, like update maybe because you can make it now electronic uh, locks and with the codes and the passcodes and stuff like that. So yeah, exactly. So I would just change it anyways, just to be peace of mind. Exactly. So now we got a question from a viewer, Mark Levin. Hello, John. How about a small remote home? with some land and waterfront. Good investment or not? No mortgage involved, any thoughts? Okay, so small remote home with some land and waterfront. Small remote, well, there's a home on it, no mortgage involved, so I'm assuming that's gonna be a rental. So I would say it can be a great investment because with no mortgage, you're not paying the interest and you'll get cash flow. In general, I think if you're investing in something that's gonna produce cash flow, then it is a great investment, especially now. Now is actually the best time to buy if you're buying with uh, cash. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, all the deals are going to be out there at this moment. Yeah. So it's the perfect time to now buy. Now it's for cash people. Cash 100%. investors right now. Yes. Thanks, Mark, for the question. So we're going to go to... Number four. Yes. How, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, how do I need... Uh, how do I know if I need a permit or not for some... For some of the rental work I want to do to my house on my house. Well, you can start off by asking the city. Certain small renovations do not require a permit. Other renovations will. Chances are, if you're not changing structures or doing anything major, more than likely you do not need a permit. Yeah. But if there's any form of structure change or addition to the um, to the foundation where you know weight may come into play you probably do need a, a permit. Um, best thing is always to check with the city because they have certain uh, regulations with it and you can get the exact numbers and everything through the city, through the permit, you know, by getting that permit. Uh, but again, minor, re minor renovations, probably not. Painting walls, you don't really need it. Um, you know, it's, 
it can be very simple, right? Like if it's simple, you probably don't need it. You're cutting holes in the wall, probably need a permit. And Mark, thank you, gentlemen, for your answer. Thank you, Mark. We'll message you soon. So we're going to go on to question number five. With the new interest rate hike and the fact that home sales are slower, is there a point in getting a pre-approval? Pre what would the benefits of getting a pre-approval today be? You can answer this one. Well, it's always it's always a better option if you have a pre-approval because because you you kind of know you have an idea what how much you can afford with all those interest hike because obviously every time there's an interest hike your purchasing power is is less so pre-approvals because they usually for they're guaranteed for 90 days i believe or 120 yeah. days so it it just gives you an idea of what you can afford in terms of putting offers and and uh, and whatnot so uh, with the interest hike with the fact that yeah. Also, if you're uh, putting in an offer and you don't need um, and you can go in uh, with a strong offer, it is still more desirable versus going in with a uh, financing clause. Some most people will take an offer that doesn't have a financing clause or can give them a shorter financing clause instead of five days, three days. They'll take that one over. Somebody who wants something long term and they're going to be sitting there waiting for a reply. So that's one benefit. You'll know right, you know, if you can afford it. You'll know if you've been approved. So to some degree, you'll be able to get in there and, you know, give them more reassurance to the uh, home seller to make your offer a little bit more attractive. So those are the two main points. Okay, so number six is for you, John. It says, hey, John. Hey, John, what should I do? Buy a car or continue to save to buy a house? It is very hard to live by yourself. I will pay $1,300 a month. I pay $1,300 a month. If my bank goes below 15K, I get nervous. I know it's not enough for a down payment. And that is true. So I, I personally believe a car is always a bad investment. A car is something you buy just to get to work or wherever you need to go. And if you can do without a car, that's always the best option in terms of finance advice, not necessarily convenience. Now, that's a personal choice. Now, in terms of cars, they depreciate value. So that's one of the things I don't like. And you're paying a lot of money for something that you walk off the lot and lose money the minute you walk off the lot with it. Yeah. So, again, sometimes you need a car. I'm not debating the need. I'm debating, you know, whether it's an investment or not. Um, if you can do without the car, then you can save a lot of money. Best, um, at the end of the day, it is a personal choice. Nothing we can actually recommend because we don't have to live with that decision. You have to. So ultimately what it comes down to is what it, what do you feel is right and convenient for you? Where do you feel best? And more than likely, like you just said, you don't like your balance going below a certain amount. So it sounds like if you went to buy a car, you would lose that balance. And so for that reason enough, I would strike out the car. For a house, you're right. It is not a uh, large enough down payment and you'll have ways to go. You can always save for a house at a later time but it's not a bad idea to invest it into a GIC, which is Guaranteed Income Certificate, which basically guarantees your principal so you don't lose uh, any money. So safer risk over you know, a mutual fund or a stock or anything like that. So you have a GIC, it'll earn very little interest. Do you know how much is the interest right now? I have no idea. Yeah, me too. But um, it'll earn a little interest, but it's not the point of having a little interest. It's the point is you earn something 
and it's sitting there and you can keep piling money away while you're trying to save for a bigger amount for whatever you do want to purchase at a later time. And at that point in time, you can decide if you want a house. Now, you're paying $1,300 rent. And at that rate, that's unheard of today. I don't know if I would buy a house if that's your rent. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly. Like, I, I mean, it's one thing for an investment. And, you know, if you could afford a house at a later time, buy it and rent it out. And if you can rent it out and get more rent than that 1300 I would actually almost save up for a house later, buy the house, rent that house at current market condition, which is probably going to be a lot more or even a condo. It doesn't really matter. But just say the average is $2,000. you are paying $1,300 for rent. You're going to rent out the place you bought as an investment for $2,000. you are pretty much banking the $700 and then you're going to put it towards your rent. So that means you're only paying $500 a month or $600 or whatever versus it's not it makes no sense to leave that thirteen hundred dollars and move into another place that's going to cost you more yep so i would save your money for a down payment when you have enough of a down payment buy that house rent it out and stay where you are that's yep, my yep. advice or, or if you wanted something faster you can like partner up with a with a friend on a pre-construction project that that is an opportunity as well yeah so definitely definitely an opportunity there and then this way you don't have to wait that long exactly that's what makes the most logical sense yeah so number seven i'm in the process of renting a new place i was told that i need renters insurance there are two of us me and my friend who's my roommate does this mean that we both need separate insurances and i would i'd say no i think uh -huh. you only need one insurance as long as uh you can both be on the same insurance policy yep both names Right. So if you both are on the same insurance policy, as long as you guys are agree, you know, with what policy you're going to use, you only need one one policy for the rent. That's yeah. It. Like, I, you know, they're roommates. So both their names are going to be on the policy. Exactly. Simple as that. OK, so that's very simple. Eight seems prices have come down in general, but I went to look at a new condo project and it seems that the prices are the same. Should I be looking at buying something already built? What am I missing? Why are those prices still high? Okay, so I was speaking to uh, a colleague about this just two days ago. Builders now are getting smarter. <laughs> so what they're doing is they're pricing their units um, for the time that the unit will be ready. So let's say if their project is five years from now. So they're pricing it at what they think the market will be at after five years. Before it wasn't that much, there was a room a little bit, so you would buy, and then by the time it's ready, you, you've already gained some equity. But builders are no longer doing that, so that's why the prices now are not very attractive. But I believe resale now is better than, than pre-construction, in my point of view. Yeah, I'm actually in the same boat. Like, see, I'm going to be looking for a place myself, and I thought about new construction too. But then I saw I saw a difference of a 200000 between a resale and new construction. And I can't justify two hundred thousand yeah. dollars and having to wait to move in five years. Yeah. So I, I don't particularly like new construction for that reason right now. There are certain moments in the market that I did like new construction. Yeah. I just don't like it now. I don't think it makes sense. Yeah. They're being very cautious with the pricing and because of the material cost, material costs is going up crazy. So so right now pre-construction are not the best. No, not, that's my opinion. Again, yeah, that's again, just an if, opinion. If you want the new construction and you don't care that it costs more, then by all means, yeah. right? It's still not a bad investment. 
I'm just more attracted to the resale now. Yeah, resale now is more attractive than a few years ago. Pre-construction was more attractive than resale. But right now, with the interest rate hike and the prices going down and the builders keeping up their prices, not reducing it by any tiny bit, yeah, I, I, I find that resale is more attractive now. And I think some projects are going to cancel. Yeah, yeah, part of it, yep. So, anyways, number nine. So, I bought a detached house for myself in Scarborough. It has two newly constructed separate basement apartment units with separate entry, correct window sizes, ceiling heights, etc., which I was hoping to get permission to rent out as legal basement or Airbnb. Now, when I went for my buyer, first buyer's visit, I met my neighbor who mentioned that the neighborhood had signed some petition to now allow any basement rental or Airbnb. Is that even possible? Well, here's the first question I have. You bought a house with two separate basement apartment buildings already made. Well, was that made with a permit, right? Was it made with a permit? Was it already, you know, a legal basement, like to begin with, or was it just built as an illegal basement and hoping to get it? So it's one of those things that before you bought it might've been good to have checked that. Yeah. Obviously based on the question, you kind of missed the boat on that one. Um, so that basement may not even be useful at all. But in terms of the pe uh, petition of, you know, with the neighbors, I don't think they can try petitioning. I don't think they'll get much out of it. It's either a legal basement or it's not. And it's really, if it's if it falls within the city's permits and falls within the city's, uh, you know, legalities, then it'll be legal regardless of the uh, petition. Now, with the petition, if it gets enough of them, maybe they can make a big ordeal over it. But more than likely, nothing will come of it, in my opinion, again. Yeah. Now, with that being said, should it not, you know, should something come out of it and that basement is illegal, they can't exactly force you to sell. You'll just get fines for using it that way. Um, it's not a good thing. But uh, again, I don't think the petitions have anything to do with it. I think it's uh, whether or not you uh, fit the bylaws to begin with. And if you don't fit the bylaws, then you might have to revamp it to make it fit. And if you do, then happy renting. I mean, it's 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 still a property that has two separate basements. I mean, you can get it rented to a bigger family that has in-laws that, you know, they, they, they would probably make a use of this space. Yeah, but if it's not permitted as two units, then you just won't be able to, you'll have to open it up and have it uh, as one unit. Yeah. Okay, number 10. I was evicted from my old place because the landlord stated that they were moving in. Later, I found out that they did move in to the upper part of the house, but rented out the basement. Was I wrongly evicted or he is allowed to do that? That's a very interesting question. That is definitely. Now, again, he's moving in, so he's allowed to uh, serve you with an N12. Yeah. Right. So he's moving in now, whether he was able to rent out the basement separately like that or with the fine lines, that is very tricky. Um, reality is you were renting the whole house and he cannot give you the whole house. So technically, the agreement to lease has been changed and he's been changed legally. Yeah. So that being said, I, I'm not 100 percent sure because I don't remember the laws on this. Yeah. But I'm 99 percent sure. That what he did is perfectly fine because he did move into the house. He did, yeah. And then he can always fall. You can always follow up with the tenant board. Yeah, and 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 explain to them what happened. 
Yeah, exactly. But I'm pretty sure that it's fine because he just rented out the basement. Had he rented it out the whole house to somebody else, even two tenants, then then you were wrongly convicted because you can't rent it out for tenant A and tenant B. Yeah. Since he moved into the upstairs, then he, you know, he can pretty much uh, evict you for that. Yeah. Um, morally is another story. Maybe he should have offered you the basement if he was going to do that. Um, but I don't think he's obligated to. Yeah. And that's pretty much all the questions so far. And hey, that was a great episode. This has been uh, unique, interesting. Yeah, true. Right? I mean, the market's definitely changed. Uh, the US had increased their uh, interest rate yeah. again. Again, yeah. Again. So I got a feeling that we're going to follow suit. October 26th, it looks like it might be an, an increase. Yeah. So perfect time to buy now before that increase comes in. Just yeah. lock in the rate. Lock it in, exactly. I mean, at this point in time, we can see where the pattern is. I wouldn't do variable. Yeah. I would lock into a fix and just get get right in there. So anyways, we're going to do this again in two weeks. If you have any questions, send us messages through email, DMs, or through text messages on our phone. You can reach me, even DM me through Instagram at Instagram.com. Well, John Papaloni, look up my name. I show up on Instagram. You can DM me there your questions, or you can send it to my email at John at Team.com and you can reach Wally. Um, my Instagram is uh, at Wally Racing Group. Awesome. So thanks for tuning in. Glad you participated. Hope we answered all the questions you have, and we'll see you next week or in two weeks. Thank you, Angie.